gentlemen, to another episode on day 37 of Soothe to Sleep Stories podcast, where we are going through the Bible in a year, in a soft-spoken, whispered manner, and for this 37th day, we will be going through Exodus chapter 16, verse 22, through chapter 18, and the Gospel of Matthew chapter 26, then concluding with God-calling devotional eventide portion for day 37. But before we begin, let's pray. Dear Adonai, Elohim, Heavenly Father, you're so loving, you're so loving, you're full of such love for your children and your creation. Thank you for this beautiful love letter you've given to us manifested in your word. Thank you for revelation, helping us to apply this in our lives today. Father, we want to know your heart. We know that Jesus, your only begotten Son, is your treasure, your most cherished treasure. He is such a gift to us, Lord. We don't take it for granted. Forgive us when we have. And Jesus, thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit. He is the gift you gave to your body. Thank you for his comfort, his guidance, his sweet presence. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, sweet Holy Spirit. May you be glorified today. Thank you, Lord, for wrapping your arms of love around every single person who is listening to this right now. Blessing they can be a blessing to others. Thank you that we are in a free country, Lord, where we can listen to your word, hear your word, share your word. It is an honor, and I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly. I just want to thank you. Thank you, Father. We love you. In your sweet Son, Jesus Christ's name, I pray. By the power of your sweet Holy Spirit. Amen. Exodus chapter 16 verses 22 through 36 The Sabbath or Shabbat observed. Now, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread two omers for each one. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Shabbat observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So, they put it aside until morning, as Moses had ordered, and it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Shabbat to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Shabbat, 
there will be none. It came about on the seventh day that some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Shabbat. Therefore, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel named it Mana, and it was like coriander seed, white, and its taste was like wafers with honey. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omerful of it be kept throughout your generations, that they may see the bread that I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omerful of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Adon placed it before the testimony to be kept. The sons of Israel ate the manna forty years. Until they came to an inhabited land, they ate the manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now an omer is a tenth of an ephah. Exodus chapter 17 Water in the rock. Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages from the wilderness of Sin, according to the command of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why now have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do to this people? A little more, and they will stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out. Fight against Amalek. Tomorrow 
I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him, and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about, when Moses held his hand up, that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus, his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner. And he said, The Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Exodus chapter 18, the whole chapter or verses 1 through 27. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel his people, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Moses' wife, Zipporah, after he had sent her away, and her two sons, of whom one was named Gershom. For Moses said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. The other was named Eliezer, for he said, The God of my father was my help, and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was camped, at the Mount of God. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Then Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and he bowed down and kissed him, and they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had befallen them on the journey, and how the Lord had delivered them. Jethro rejoiced over all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel in delivering them from the hand of the Egyptians. So Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord, Baruch haba Hashem Adonai, who delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of Pharaoh, and who delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods. Indeed, it was proven when they dealt proudly against the people. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. And Adon came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law before God. It came about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood about Moses from the morning until the evening. Now when Moses' father-in-law saw that all he was doing for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge, and all the people stand about you from morning until evening? 
Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, it comes to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbor, and make known the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out, both yourself and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God, and you bring the disputes to God. Then teach them the statutes and the laws, and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Let them judge the people at all times. And let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but every minor dispute they themselves will judge. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all these people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. They judged the people at all times, the difficult dispute they would bring to Moses. But every minor dispute they themselves would judge. Then Moses bade his father-in-law farewell and he went his way into his own land. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26 The Plot to Kill Jesus When Jesus had finished all these words, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man is to be handed over for crucifixion. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people were gathered together in the court of the high priest, named Caiaphas, and they plotted together to seize Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they were saying, not during the festival, otherwise a riot might occur among the people. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany, at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial, a very costly perfume, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. But the disciples were indignant when they saw this and said, Why this waste for this perfume? might have been sold for a high price, and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you bother the woman? For she has done a good deed to me. For you always have the poor with you, 
but you do not always have me. For when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me to betray him to you? And they weighed out thirty pieces of silver to him. From then on he began looking for a good opportunity to betray Jesus. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. The disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover, or Peshach. Now when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples. As they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, that one of you will betray me. Being deeply grieved, they each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. And he answered, He who dipped his hand with me in the bowl is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man is to go, just as it is written of him. But woe to that man, by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And Judas, who was betraying him, said, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after blessing he broke it gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine, from now on until that day, when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee, Peter said to him, Even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly, I say to you that this very night, before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. 
Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same thing too. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So, you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy, and he left them again, and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? How then will the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must happen this way? At that time, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber? Every day I used to sit in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But 
All this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had seized Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. But Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest and entered in and sat down with the officers to see the outcome. Now the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. They did not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. But later on, two came forward and said, This man stated, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, do you not answer? What is it that these men are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. Nevertheless, I tell you, hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He is blasphemed. What further need do we have of witnesses? Behold, you have now heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spat in his face and beat him with their fists. And others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is the one who hit you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know you are talking about. When he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said, Before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. God calling, even tide. Day 37, February 6. True humility. Jesus said, If I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. 
how my followers have misunderstood this. They interpret the required attitude to be one of service. In service, there can be condescension. There can be a total lack of humility. I sought to teach a lesson to those who would approach me, to partake of that wonderful union with me, vouchsafed to those who worthily eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. I desire to teach them, but they must come to me in the spirit of humility towards others. No sense of superiority especially spiritual superiority. True humility. Learn this lesson in daily companionship with me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. And just to review a little bit of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, where we are introduced to the Eucharist, being partakers of the divine nature of Jesus Christ, which Peter revealed in one of his epistles. And here we are introduced to the Lord fulfilling the Bashach, the Passover, as he is now going to be the ultimate sacrifice for once and for all for all mankind, and how Peter said, no, Lord, not me, no, I will never betray you, and then the rooster crowed, when he betrayed him three times, and Judas betrayed him for thirty shekels of silver. The chief priests and the scribes did everything stealth, illegally, arresting him, being a Jew, but putting it in the hands of the Romans so that they don't have to do it. And in that hour, Jesus is betrayed by all, alone, physically alone. Spiritually, he may not have been alone because he didn't say it until the very end on the cross when he said, My father, my father, why have you forsaken me? That is when the father turned and could not look at him because the father could not look at sin and he became sin for everyone at that moment. But at this point, the angels, the Father, they're with him so he can endure what he's about to undergo. And then in the book of Exodus, chapter 16, 17, and 18, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, you know how he, he counseled Moses? First of all, here's your wife, here's your children, you gotta take care of them, number two, you cannot handle every single one coming to you. You've got to start delegating. The art of delegation, and that's where we get our judicial system from. We get it all from this right here, the Council of Jethro. But I've actually heard some say that Jethro, had Jethro not said anything? I don't know. It could have, he could have been intervening where the Holy Spirit was helping Moses. So of course Moses couldn't do it on his own. This was all supernatural. But the Lord provided the Holy Spirit to come upon Moses. The Holy Spirit was there, my goodness, as a pillar of fire at night and 
pillar of clouds in the day to protect them from their enemies and lead them and guide them exactly where they need to go. If Jethro had not done that, I wonder if this would have been even more of a supernatural, more supernatural things you would have seen. It's a twist on there, I know. Probably not the most popular opinion. And sweet friend, before we go, if you do not know Jesus, this wonderful, wonderful Jesus who died just for you, and, and you would like to know him as your very own Lord and Savior, would you please pray the following prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I would like Jesus to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Your word says in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 10 that if I confess out loud Jesus is my Lord and believe in my heart God raised him from the dead I shall be saved for it is with my heart that I believe and am justified just as if I never sinned and it is with my mouth that I confess and I am saved please Lord Jesus come into my heart please be my Lord and my Savior I repent for the wrong life I have lived until now I choose you and will live for you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are now his child. All heaven is jumping up and down and dancing because you received Jesus into your very own heart, sweet friend. Tell someone you just received Jesus and find a great Christian church and grow in him. He loves you and desires worship from your heart each and every day. You are so precious to him. I'll see you all tomorrow. Blessings to you.